Doggy. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to another show of uh, Backwoods Brothers. Wow. Frank was supposed to freeze, but he moved hey, at the last I second. I can't help it. You know? <laughs> yes. I'm always moving. Hey, uh, we are on here with Frank Pickens, my man. Thank you. Thank and the you. author of So You Want to Be a Cop. Yeah. Yes. Pick one up at your local grocery store. Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. I don't know Amazon. Where we're on. There you go. <laughs> that one. That yes. One. We're going to be talking a lot about this on the show. And by the way, my man Joel forgot to introduce himself. Oh, yeah. I'm Joel, and this is my man Tony. Tony. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I got to break it up into something different occasionally. Right, 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 right. Break it up, break it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of predictable. Yes, but and, we, uh, Frank, oh, wait. Hot on the keys is my is my girl uh, Brandy. Brandy, yeah. Yes, yes, Yay. yes. And check her show out tomorrow night. As yep. a matter of fact, it is a um, awesome, awesome show talking from the heart. Yes. So if you want to hear something from the heart, definitely tune and, into. And Brandy I actually, show I'm actually the producer on that show, and that's why you hear producer so many uh, bad timings on the sounds. Or you hear <laughs> sounds all together. You hear like <laughs> laughing and all those ones. No, hey guys, she, she uses them. Real fast, she does. She yeah. does, doesn't she? Yeah, she's using one right now. And okay. sis does that too right now. So, hey guys, don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. We love you. And we're so glad that you have picked this hour and a half to come and join us. So, put on your, uh, make sure that you, real fast, um, use that keyboard to interact with us. Yes. We are expecting a lot of questions, a lot of interaction as we have introduced Frank to you, and Joel. Take it away. Well, I think for those who aren't from like the 1960s or whatever, you use your phone to interact as well. That's a keyboard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know use what is the keyboard your anymore. Track. No. no. Oh, use your uh, Betamax. Betamax. Yeah. Betamax. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, he went way now back. you're going there. way back. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, so uh, uh, Frank, you were a law enforcement uh, back when Jesus was a corporal, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe a little sooner than that. A little sooner than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 90s and uh, early 2000s. Uh, exactly. And hey, guys, real quick. Uh, 80s. The, the link. The link to his book is actually in our. Um, in our. Uh, uh, if you want to see, get a closer picture of what you can see here. It's actually in our. Uh, what do you call comments and stuff? You'll see the link there. But um, yeah, so in the, 80s, yeah. in the 80s, yeah, through Amazon. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I wanted to point that out is for besides you get a chance to uh, promote your book, but also um, I want to show this Starchy, Scar, Starchy, Starchy, Starchy and Hutch type of photo. Yeah. Um, right here. I'm gonna see if I can get it up there. Oh man, uh -huh. love it. I've had there people see oh, that, that picture <laughs> and uh, say, "Was that which you?" One, which one's you? The one on the left. So you have uh, people look uh, at yeah. your picture and say, what? Yeah, I kind of wow. get a camera over and they say, well, which one's you? And I go, well, my friend's Hispanic, for one thing, and he's younger than me. Uh -huh. I'm on the left. So, um, okay. so was, okay. was, 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 was Magnum P.I. like your... Magnum your... P.I., yeah, I watched Magnum P.I. What about Chips? I, uh, you're awesome, man. Oh, Chips was great. And I remember once on a game show, they talk, you know, the guy introduces himself and says, I'm a <laughs> California Highway Patrolman. Yeah. And he says, well, is that show really real? And he goes, well, let me put it to you this way. They do more on one hour of chips than I might do in five years. <laughs> so that, they can't give you an idea right there how that works. Yeah. And I, I think it was more the sex appeal too, right? You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely. I mean, TV, oh. except for Hill Street Blues, oh, at my that goodness. time was probably the most realistic 
first real or realistic portrayal of police. And since then, there's been a few police dramas like NYPD Blue, uh, Southland. What about Cops? Well, the, oh, the show Cops? Yeah. Well, you can't get any more real than that. I mean, you're, you're following the, them as they go. Yeah. Well, and, they always seem to have action, though, in what they do. Well, because they edit it, and, they, you know, they'll ride along with you. Yeah. I know when I was, once they wanted to do a Cops in my town, and... Uh, I was going to be the one they didn't want them to do it with me. Right. Uh, uh, they didn't want to deal with you with those. Yeah. I mean, I you, you look like a, a freaking badass. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. But I was very professional and I was very friendly to people. Yeah. It's just that there's a time and place. You know, it almost comes with wearing the uniform. It's like when I talk about the fishbowl effect. Everybody's watching. Which is referenced in this book, the yeah. fishbowl yes. effect. The fishbowl yeah. effect. Yeah. And it's kind of different when you're new and you go through the academy for three months. And then you go to a field training uh, program, which can be 12 weeks, can be 20 weeks. And you're sitting in your patrol car with a veteran officer just watching you. You drive, evaluating everything you do. And back then when I did it, they were designed to stress you out. In other words, I don't know if you can swear here, but they were assholes to you. And you're driving around just because you went to the academy. Doesn't mean, you know, you know crap. You're now learning more in your field training because you're actually out there as a police officer. Yeah. So it's it's and this guy's stressing you out. I remember driving and he'd be saying, "We're not doing anything." And I'm like, "What do you want me to manufacture a crime?" You know, I'm new and uh, waiting for a call. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it's very difficult, but they've changed it because they're paying you to go to the academy. Uh-huh. They're paying all this money and you're funking out of field training gotcha. because it's too stressful. And their attitude back then was. Stress them out. If they can't handle the stress, then they won't handle it. Now they're encouraging. You know, they ride along with you. They help you yeah. um, to try and foster you into the into the job. It's a pretty overwhelming to sit in the patrol car for the first time after the academy yeah. and have a guy evaluating you. You still you don't know crap. Yeah. You know. My understanding of the fishbowl effect, and I know we're already getting a little bit into the book, and we haven't even oh, yeah, got sorry. to know you yet, but that's okay. But you talked about the fishbowl effect. Yeah. You reference the fishbowl effect as something a little bit different, though, um, than well, what you just described. What is the fishbowl effect? Well, you know, when you're in your car, you're at a stoplight, you, yeah. you go to the, uh, the common joke, you're at the coffee donut shop. Everybody, someone's always watching you, so you got to mm-hmm. be cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes when you drive, well, you know, you take liberties with your driving and you do maybe something that, you're not allowed to do the U-turn or whatever. And people would actually call the department and go, hey, I saw one of your officers Mm -hmm. speeding and going 55. You know, so what I used to do a little trick back then is when your back yellow lights are blinking, they're called your amber lights. If I needed to get around all the traffic, I didn't have time to deal with that, I'd flick my amber lights on. And nobody would ever say anything because it looked like you're going to a call. (laughs) And that that was my way around that. So you got to, and then, you know, just, how you're acting, you've got to get used to the fact that you pull up to an intersection. There's cars everywhere, and people are just, you know, they're staring at you. Yeah, They're watching you. you. Yeah. yeah, and it's, until you get used to it, it's a little disconcerting, especially as a rookie. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to pick your nose or uh, do something yeah. stupid, and, uh, and then there's people that just hate you, you know. You already know that. It's like history. History repeats itself. It seems like all the more people are watching cops. Yeah. Now they're recording cops. Oh, yeah. You have that access to do that. So the fishbowl effect is really magnified. magnified, I can't even imagine what I see now when, especially if if you're dealing with somebody and and it's not so pleasant. Yeah. Out comes the cameras, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like if, I don't know if you want me to go into what I told you before, but I've always thought 
in high school, like my stepson, he had to do a project before graduating. Mm -hmm. He chose to volunteer at a vet, we love animals, for a week and then give a presentation. What I think should be done is every student in high school should be required to do one ride along yes. on a Friday or Saturday night with yeah. a police officer Absolutely. before you graduate. And this way they get to see and you, you've had a ride along. Yeah. They get to see in that car what you got to do. Hear that radio. Mm -hmm. You know, your radio's going all the time, and you got to listen for your call sign. Mm -hmm. When I was new, I'm learning the maps, and, and finally you hear it. I'm thir 38, Lincoln 38. When you hear Lincoln 38, that's you. So I think Joel went on one, too. Uh, uh, I've, I've been on, uh, actually spent uh, uh, about six weeks doing a job shadow for Gresham Police Department. Oh, really? Back when I was, uh, I think I was 18 at the time. Anyways, that's I was trying to, trying to decide if I wanted to be law enforcement. Or and that's the best way to do uh, it. Yep, yep. So I got to go on a lot of different calls and different things at the time. And um, I, my observation was in that six weeks is it was 90% they do sitting. Yeah, I mean, I had more, a different... More domestics than I've ever been. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to be 100% cop, 100% psychologist. And at that time when I was... I know if Tony's a psychologist. But, I mean, you're... They wanted to hire 21-year-olds who had a degree. I mean, I had two years of college, but they were finding that they were really unsuccessful. You're going to a domestic violence, and you're going to tell a couple that have been married for 25 years how to deal with their problems. And you got some young guy with pimples at 21 years old going, well, you know, you should, I mean, it doesn't work that way. They're unsuccessful. And then if you're a cover officer, you're in the back, and sometimes you take over the call when you see that you need to and deal with them. And always you need to keep the other officer in sight. Ideally, you don't want to go into another room. You don't want to separate. Watch their hands if they sit at a sofa. I mean, I taught classes at the academy on officer safety, so it's a big deal to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's there's so much to the job that it's gotten to be now just so police are here. You like them or hate them. So, a couple comments real so quick, guys. Uh, this has to be better than the ENW page. I'm assuming that means SDK Neighborhood Watch page. Yeah. I'm not sure what that actually means. Um, gl glad that Frank Pickens is on the show tonight. Oh, that's nice. We Thanks. support law enforcement 100%, 24-7, yes. 365. Absolutely. So apparently not on the one leap the leap year. Yeah. The one day they don't support them. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Guys. Um, uh, I'll take the support anyway. I, I like Blue Bloods. Yes. Blue Bloods, great show. That sounds like, that sounds like a... The I've like never seen police it. Show. It's Tom Selleck, so manager. Really, Selleck. Tom Selleck. Yeah, he's a commissioner it, it, in New York Police. Doesn't it sound oh. kind of like it should be like a vampire police show? Blue Bloods, or right? Blue Bloods. Blue Anyways, Bloods. Bloods. It's a great uh, show, though. It's very realistic. Yeah. Very he realistic. says, uh, "Well, um, uh, Frank, I, I don't know if you want me to read this one because uh, I don't know if you want this out there, but uh, can you read that at all?" Well, I can't see. Oh. But <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me get my glasses so I can. Um, read I just don't know if you want me to put this information out there or not. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with okay. that. All right, so oh, what does it, it say about the vaccine? Would you take the vaccine? No, I will not get a vaccine. Uh, it says, oh, let me, I'm going to go and read the comment. Oh, right. It says, Frank, how are you doing uh, post-corona? Uh, Was really worried about you yeah. for a while there. After you experienced uh, what you did, would you get the vaccine? No. Okay. There's the answer for it. Uh, Frank, I'm doing okay. Uh, what years were you an officer, and uh, was all your time in Portland? No, whenever it was in Portland, it was all in California, near a city. I don't really want to say the city, but it's on the peninsula near San Francisco. And uh, it was. I started in '86 uh, up to 2000. Yep. And the next question was asking if you're a California cop, and yeah. that's actually answered the question there already. Um, let me go ahead and do a, a couple more 
comments and we'll jump back in to okay. talk about your book. Sure. Uh, my daughter did a ride along with uh, for her senior year project. Great. A friend of mine at uh, Port Police took her out all day. She loved it. And yeah. uh, Frank, do you think that defunding the police campaign is hiring social workers instead of will work? No, it's a joke because, you know, it's a dangerous job. And especially I worked eight years on graveyard shift. You're going to get called to scenes and you don't have any training. You may have a social worker who's a psychologist, but when they're drunk, intoxicated, and on drugs, that ain't going to work because they're not going to give a crap about your, your psychological stuff. You've got to be able to know how to talk to them. You've got to know how to calm them down. And, and, and if it gets violent, what are they going to do? They don't know how to use a gun. Do they have a gun? Do they carry a gun with them? Do they know how to use a baton or mace or a stun gun? We didn't have tasers when I was doing it. We had stun guns. But I never needed to use it. But, I mean, I, there's some female officers, smaller officers, that had to use it to defend themselves. But, no, social work, if you want to have somebody ride along with a police officer eight hours a day, I mean, it, it, it's just ridiculous because the it's not about that. Police officers know right away when they're dealing with somebody who may have, you know, mental issues, who may not be there. You can identify them, but a lot of times they're on drugs, heroin or whatever, that can mimic, you know, they're walking around, but you learn with experience the things that they're nodding down if they're scratching themselves, and you can tell. But, I, I mean, defunding the police is not going to work as evidenced by what's going on, record-breaking murders in, in big cities all over the country, well, including Portland. Yeah, I think Portland's, uh, last I looked, it was up at like 980%. Yeah, yeah they all are, and uh, so. people in San Francisco are leaving their cars unlocked and their trunks open so that their cars aren't, their windows aren't smashed out. And that's oh. surrendering to lawlessness. <laughs> well, in L.A., the smash and grab, you know. Oh, you no... have 20 people walking into a department store just yeah. helping themselves. And the, the mayor or city council says, it's okay, you can take up to 2000 2000 I thought it was $900. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. back when I was a cop, $400 or more was considered grand theft. Right. But you're watching this, and what are people thinking? I know people don't even want to walk down the street. Yes. I have people on to visit me, their friends or family. They will not come to Portland. Right. The mayor Wheeler, he doesn't give a crap. Yeah. And it's just incredible. In your book, you talk about burnout. Yeah. And so this defunding the police and this anti-police rhetoric that's coming forth has to show in a police officer's ability to go to work every day and know that he's going to or she's going to be accosted. It's very difficult to get used to the fact that when you put on your badge and you go out for your shift, it could be your last shift. Yeah. So you have to learn to deal with that alone. But the other thing that you're saying is it's a much more dangerous job now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to want to be a police officer in this environment, I don't see why a person would want to do that until they get the funding. They had a Chicago, I'm from Chicago originally. Oh, wow. They, they had a, a dispatcher in Chicago who got on and said, I get calls of a homicide and I don't have beat units to go available because we don't have enough people. And that's what we're going for. And so when you call 911, you can call 911. It may take 15, 20 minutes to get there. By that time, whatever's going on is done. At, the rate, like at that. the rate they're going, you call 911, you're going to get a busy signal. You there. may, you may. And they won't even do things. Leave a message. Yeah. My, f I'm going to get into it, but my feeling about, and I talked to Joel about this, my feeling about council culture is unfortunately perpetuated by a group 
of people or not, uh, and th- it feels like the defunding the police is another form of cancel culture. Yeah. Uh, and a, a, to a great deal. Um, but I guess my question to you is when you talk, when we talk about police burnout, I see ads on Facebook about trying to get police officers just with a GED now. Yeah. Um, or anybody that's just willing to get out there and do it. It's pretty scary. For, if, you, if you're breathing, then if I you're think breathing, you're, then you pass the first step. And imagine, yes. imagine what it was like <laughs> in my day when you were going through the hiring process, which is all in here. Yeah. If you yeah. did any drugs, forget it. If you did pot, you better have not done it for like five years or more. I mean, the, the competition to be a police officer was so intense. Yeah, you that's re- listed in uh, Yeah, I remember when I applied for the Clackamas County Sheriff, so uh, yeah. it had been like uh, maybe a little, on, little under a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And um, the I remember I, was, I made it onto the list, actually passed through all the tests, and I was on the hiring list. The oral board is usually the defining way yep. you get placed after the oral interview. Yeah, I made number third on the list. and they hired, That's awesome. They, yeah, they hired uh, one that year instead of That's three. That's how it used to be. It was supposed to be, I think they were supposed to hire three, and then they got... Did they do your background? Uh, uh, I think so, they went through all that. Yeah, because usually the top ten, they'll do backgrounds. On. They probably did then. Um, I, I got a bunch of paperwork to have me fill out and stuff, so I think... Yeah, that's your background. About this this, might, thick. Yeah, this so. might fall in line with that a little bit. Joel, okay. could you read just a couple of these? Speaking of trying to... If you want to become a cop, this is what uh, you the, had the, to you face. You printed the book upside down, Frank. Hey, you got to turn it this <laughs> way, Joel. I mean, come on, yeah. work with me. So it's it says, in applying for uh, uh, as a cop, uh, you will be required to pass a battery of tests. Oh, yeah. Um, so do you have like a battery test? No, it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> a battery of tests, uh, which Double includes a. the following... Uh, written test, a yeah. physical agility test, yeah. oral board, polygraph examination, psychological test and, and evaluations, extensive background investigation, oh, God, medical yeah. examination, COVID test. No, COVID no. Test. no COVID. This man. wasn't written then. <laughs> when, I mean, as a matter of fact, you co-authored he, he, it. He's, he's out for it as a thinker. Yes. But that's essentially the same. I mean, years have gone by, but most of what's in here it's is still, still applicable today. Wow. Uh, every Actually, I think it's it. everything I went through when I... It is. Through. It's the same. I mean, so yeah. the, the years have gone by, but it doesn't transcend the book. It just isn't about the, the funding the police and the political garbage and crap toward police. Yeah. This wasn't written then. Someone wanted us to maybe so, republish um, it. But looking at your picture here, I'm kind of curious... Back to the picture, Tony. What's the deal? I know. Yeah. I'm look, back to the picture again. I'm kind of curious. How did you... Uh, how did? What kind of holster did you have to put your shotgun into? Uh, I didn't I, I, have... Oh, that'd be hard to run with that. Thing it's right there. Yes. The big one. Yes. <laughs> the big one. That's all You're I talking know. about... Well, you see, that was after graveyard shift at a park, and we took the picture. Notice we whited out the plate because the chief of police hated the idea of our book. Mm-hmm. So he, we could take the picture of the car, but he couldn't say nothing. Yeah. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, uh, I honestly... There's a stereotype that maybe now and over the recent years that... Cops carry more than one gun, backup guns. I never did. Never felt the need to. Wow. So, wow. Carry a pocket knife? I had a knife, but that can be used like when you have violent prisoners, you have the things called hobbles and plastic cuffs. When you get them off, you got to use a knife to get them off. I, I was yeah. going to bring in, I actually have a set of handcuffs. Um, I was going to bring them in and let you handcuff Tony. No. I figured that would... I yeah. figured it and would, read me it would, my Miranda. Well, rights. I figured it would go wrong because I I couldn't find the key for it. That's why I would have, I would have gotten stuck. Unless to the they're table. magic, guys. Cuffs. I'll see you next week right here, stuck to the table. Well, you know what? <laughs> Sometimes I always everybody as smart cops would carry two cuffs, but a lot of times we had our, right. our area of uh, of Islanders, Samoans, and Tongans who are huge. Yeah. Well, cuffs you, won't fit them, so you need to string 
cuffs, uh, cuffs alone. I actually, yeah. um, when I worked security in Vegas, we were actually uh, we operate much closer to a law enforcement agency. Yeah, we were. Our actually, we were. Our whole the security department is developed by the Metro Police Department. Oh, okay, yeah, Las um, Vegas Metro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we like I I I arrested people. I handcuffed them. I take them down. Things like that. That happened in uh, working in the casinos down there. So I actually carried a set of handcuffs on each side because yeah. you, you might be holding them with this side, have to grab them out of this side, or you might be holding them this one, have to grab. You don't want to keep trying to reach around for that. So yeah, I usually carry two just because. Well, of you know the duty belt is. You should refer sometimes to you it, can have them up front too. We should, I used to refer to it as Batman. I, well, when this book was going on, I was writing articles. I'm real proud of it, and I did them for free. They were being published in police magazines all over the country. A lot of them were for cops, written by beat cop about situations that are familiar with, a lot of humor. Yeah. I wrote training articles. But I was published in everything from the Utah Peace Officers Association to Rhode Island Fraternal Order Police. And I was being published everywhere, so my stuff was very well read. Let me ask you, what yeah. inspired you to write this how-to manual? Um, it's, and the thing I only want to say about that is it's still written in a book fashion. Uh -huh. So when you say manual, it's not... Like someone might think you go to the library and you see. Right. Yeah, it's a novel format. Because <laughs> you notice we use a character at the beginning of every chapter uh -huh. that's going through some element of what that chapter's about. Okay. And he progresses through each chapter. Right. But me and my partner there in the graveyard thought, you know, there's not a book out there yeah. that has been written that, you know, they wouldn't even let me sell this book at the academies and stuff because it tells you things that they're not going to tell you. I noticed this. I mean, they're not going to tell you about internal affairs investigations. Yep. They're not going to tell you. Polygraph tests. You're not going to know. Yep. Yeah, polygraph. I mean, yeah, I think there's those tricks. Are, those are part of the standard hiring process now. Yeah, but, you know, I you know, oh. there's it's, it's knowing little things you're not going to learn yeah. uh, anywhere else. And I think that it's, it's important to know things like that at the academy. It's helpful. I mean, it helps... You get through to that point and know what you... I remember the first time I got called in internal affairs. I didn't even know. He's reading me something called reverse Miranda rights. Right. And I'm standing here going, what, what the hell is this? He goes, well, that guy you arrested last night claims that you took his watch. I go, well, go look at the film. You can see I never took his watch. I booked it all on the property. But this guy was a... Excuse me. He's an asshole. Mm -hmm. And he's an IA guy. And so he didn't make a big deal about it, but he didn't get very far. Because they pulled the footage and the guy that helped me in the booking said, no, that's not true. And it turns out they found the watch. It was there. The guy's a prisoner. I mean, we book him in the jail and, oh. you know, they're just going to say, people will accuse you of everything. It's like... So you're reverse... Rem 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 reverse Miranda. Rem Miranda, I can't say it. It's like right. when, when it's you... It's reading it to you because you're now under investigation. Yeah, and I used to help. I used uh, to see if it was a female, had a broken car. Yeah. I give her a ride, and when I get in, you got to give your starting mileage and yeah. your ending mileage, yeah. because they will say you took them somewhere or you tried to rape them. There's so many things that aren't taught, you know, that you got to know as you become a cop. I don't know if they do that today, but they should, because many times they've had to retrace your route to make sure. So when you have your mileage in there, that's just another thing that you need to do. Yeah. So anyway. That's, that's you know, those little things you don't think about. You're helping somebody, but that person you're helping could turn around and... And say anything later. One thing about your book is it's really an easy read. Yeah, it's very so, so easy. a civilian like me can read it and well, understand it. It's a very <laughs> easy book to read, and I don't think I think we came up with the idea and then it just wrote itself. And I was writing anyway, so he'd work on a chapter and I'd be doing other chapters, and we'd be parked. You see, cops parked side by side. Well, it's three, four, or five in the morning. You know, we'd be writing, and it just turned into not that uh, because I wrote it. And my my friend, uh, but it is 
the best book that you will ever find out there because everybody that's read it, they've been it's people good. who have nothing to do with police. Yep. They love the book because it's an insight into what goes on inside the police department, and I hope it's changed. But most cops in my day would tell you the biggest stress they have is not the job, but inside the department. The one thing I also liked about the book is you actually put a lot of pictures in here. He did on the, well. <laughs> I like that good too. Joel. Uh, no, <laughs> this, this is the second edition we published a, a year ago, and he included a lot of pictures in it, which was nice. They're black and white, but uh, hey, you know what? It's it's good though. I mean, no, it helps because people can well, see you. I think the important thing is that I, I I didn't see it in here. What's the dog's name? Clint. 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 Yeah. I didn't miss it. Out. I think it was in there, too. I think um, it might be in the beginning. I'm not yeah. sure. This is another part of the book I read about the police academy and oh, all yeah. of the... That's... Uh, I, I think it's still three months long, unless you're highway patrol. Yeah. California Highway Patrol and most state agencies mm-hmm. think that they're better than the city so and sheriff's department. When right. we, we had a conversation a little while back about, uh, with the Cochran's County Sheriff's um, Trying to figure out, you know, about reserve officers, possibly trying to figure out we can get them out here, or try to wait to encourage it's them. It's a great, out great program. Uh, and that one was six months long for the reserve academy there because it's every weekend, I think, or something. And they do like a, I think you do like a month long, but they go the whole time, and then it's like a rest is like two weeks every, uh, once every two weeks or something. Well, uh, the reserve program in when California was, you mm-hmm. had to go to administration of justice and take two classes, and then you had to qualify at the range. And then spend time. You could only ride with a reserve, another reserve officer, yeah, or had, a regular officer. They had like a um, huh. some. It seemed like a little complicated in the way that they do it. They had different levels of reserves. Yeah, now. they had level one and level two. I think I think three is what they had there. And once you get to like a level three, I think they actually had a letter for like a class A or something. Then you then you can ride by yourself, and you can already get the, if you're a class two, you can ride with a, a class two officer. Um, which in another yeah. way, I don't know. It was usually they, they would they pair lost up. Me when they'd they pair coming. up a reserve with a full-time sworn officer, and uh, you know, like I said back then, and you know it because you, you know I would apply everywhere because it was so hard to get hired. Mm-hmm. I'd apply in a city that had three openings, and you'd get three hundred people out there mm-hmm. taking the physical agility test, taking the written test. Yes, that's why they do the oral board because that ranks you. And I've there anywhere from three to four people, but I've been in a couple cities where it looked like the Last Supper. I walked in and they had twelve people. They had people from the city, and you walk in and they put a chair like this with no arms on it, and you're sitting here and they watch every move you make. And there's always someone in yes. there who Evaluating. is he's he, and there's also one on the oral board mm-hmm. who is the agitator. Mm-hmm. When they give you a, a scenario, he's going to question you on it, try yes. to get you to change your answer. Yep. I became a master at oral interviews of police. And I'll tell you what, it's a it's a trick to it. Did they give you the MMPI? We oh, In the psych test? Yeah, you uh, the we, psychological We test. had the MMPI. Also, some did the CPI, California Personality Inventory Test. Some of these questions that they would ask you are brutal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> brutal. I remember so, one... Uh, oh, go ahead, Joel. Uh, no, I was going to say, I remember when I uh, did a... I was a... Had to do one. I was doing a reserve uh, oral exam for drop down. Oh, okay. And um, I thought they it went it went great all the way through up to the very end, and then they pull out. Um, it was a a police report that they had that was actually for my sister. She had uh, her dad because different different dads. Uh, you know, my little sister. She uh, her dad had filed a uh, police report for mm-hmm. against her ex boyfriend at the time. Which was older than her, and so it was considered one of those, uh, you know, statutory rape type of things. Yeah. Um, but I was named simply as just a brother. 
mm-hmm. but my name was in the report, and I didn't know any, I didn't know anything about this report at all, nothing. And they said they basically pulled up, and this is where they worded it. So I see your name came up in a report about the underage statutory rape. I'm like, what? You had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'm like, that, I'm like, I have no idea what that yeah. even is. They didn't tell me, and then they finally told me at the end of, of it yeah. that uh, that your uh, that it was about my sister, and then um, and then when I finally called the actual county that it came from. Mm-hmm. They told me, oh, it's, you were named simply as a family member for it. Well, I'm should, like, why did they yeah. tell me that in the interview? I was like, what the heck was is that, on there? Was all so, the wording? Someone was using that, my name? Yeah, was that Yeah, they didn't like... tell me the context of it. Oh, wow. And so when you're saying the agitating thing, that was the agitating thing because I was like, sweat bones, like, did someone steal my name out there? What's going on? Well, it's, I was I, having a panic attack it, after that. Well, getting to this point, back then, the number one disqualifying thing in the academy was report writing yeah. because there was nothing more important been excellent report writing and they late now today it's computerized my day you had to sit and you'd see cops uh-huh. writing uh-huh. writing 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 uh-huh. the traffic accidents were completely different you had to take measurements we had to use the chp uh, traffic accident thing to do it was much more complex but you you were more well-rounded you know you could mm-hmm. do and you're qualified uh, to write tickets at traffic accidents even though you weren't there which is, you know, you can't write a ticket for somebody unless you see it. And your thing, you know, with reports and stuff, you want as many witnesses as you can at anything, really. Yep. But a lot of people are very hesitant to, to want to say who they are. When did you write reports? If they were that in-depth, we have computers now you can point and click. Yeah, I didn't have But that. you, I'm not saying you were. No, no we have computers yeah, now. Yeah. But no, but in writing reports, when did you find time? Because you had call after call after call. Did you have to <laughs> wait until you got off and then worked extra? Well, uh, no, you, you, they had, if you had an in-custody, mm-hmm. you had to at least get the face sheet and basic sheets done, and it was okay, okay. if it was approved by the watch commander. Uh-huh. But you had to make time. And as a new officer, what they did to you and stressed you out was you'd be doing a major report, and a call would come out, and he said, we're going to jump that call and take it for experience. Uh-huh. You're overwhelmed. You're getting all these major calls or a rape call or something, a suicide, something unusual. Yeah. But in the average thing, in a burglary, your report writing had to be extensive and be good or they'd kick it back to you go to the traffic sergeant hey you need to redo this or that uh you know you had to become really prolific i'm just a really really great writer yes, you are. so it, it made it easy for me but i saw so many people struggling in the academy with report writing i used to help some of them yeah but uh, i don't know if it's that way today because yeah. it's a different computers and everything I'm gonna every time i see your different. facebook post they're like Literary works. So Thank you. Yes. Yes. I'm sure Facebook loves it. Uh, I'm going to read a few more uh, a few more um, comments here. It says uh, they defund the police, and then they can't figure out why the crime is going up. <laughs> uh-huh. Crazy, right? Yep. Um, I was living in San Francisco in 1986. I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm supposed to say I'm pretty sure when uh, I was six years old, my sister and I called the police when. Living in San Francisco apartment, my sisters and I were dealing with an intruder that was trying to kidnap us while my dad was at work. Okay. Um, it was. It's. It is beyond disgusting how officers were treated during the, all the riots. Yeah. Wouldn't blame Absolutely. them if they all walked away. Absolutely. Many thanks to all you uh, all for what they do. Oh, thanks. Thank you, Frank, for your service. Thank yeah. you. You know, uh, during the original Rodney King incident, yeah. I was there, and we had to go. To to San Francisco, and that was seen, and it wasn't anywhere like today, because people respected cops more, even in those situations. Yes. And they now it's become such a hands-off thing that you see them lined up there, and you see these 
these liberal or whatever they are mm -hmm. standing there just mm -hmm. saying every foul thing you can say. Mm -hmm. And I know what that's like, but in that day, you know, it was different. You know, you didn't, you had more freedom to uh, beat people. Rodney King was obviously absurd, mm -hmm. but the fallout from it, it wasn't like today. There, I don't know why we forget that there are good and bad apples in everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at the other, at the same time, I remember. Do you remember uh, back during one of the riots? Uh, uh, one of the boys were down there, and they were cutting up and cutting up. And this yeah. black lady jumps out with all the hair going out every which way, runs after him, and starts spanking him. Just I like, never Get saw back that. in that car. Get back in. The I would do the same yeah. thing if my daughter were down there. Hey. It'll be on. You yeah. don't have to worry about it. You might need a cop for me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so well, you know, also in my day, that's different yeah. now that would have prevented things like the George Floyd thing. Yeah. I watched that, and there's two officers standing there. If I was there, I'd have had that cop by the head. Right. And get the hell off of him, cuff him up, and put him in the car. Every cop says that. I don't know what they're teaching. I don't know what they're thinking, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and you have to make split-seconds decisions, but, you know, there were a lot of violence in my day, too, but it just seemed that cops were more adept and knowing when to back off, all of them. I mean, I've been in many violent situations, and, you know, nothing was ever excessive. And I never saw any evidence. If I did, I'd intervene. I mean, that's your responsibility, because some people get so tied up in it, they can't turn it off. Of and course. That's, that's uh, it's called human. Yeah, they're humans, but that's when other people step in, you know? Uh, yes. Exactly. Uh, this comment says, my best friend just got her dream job and became a police officer. Great. She is now experiencing so much stress, it is affecting her vision. Dealing with mm. all the drug addicts and homeless is very scary. Yeah. With all the officers, uh, with, with all the stress officers have to go through today, how can a new officer deal with it? Well, the best thing for, one thing that I've told people in the book too as well, when you become an officer and go to the academy, you can forget about all the front and ring of friends you had because you're going to end up having cop friends mostly. It's just the way it is. Now, if you can't get a lot of support with your friends, physically, you know, every most police stations, we have weight rooms and we had exercise. It did it with that. And when you're off work, you've got to detach yourself from it. You know, if you have hobbies, if you have loved ones and family. You talk about you that. You talk about, yeah. Yeah, you talk about that. You've got to get involved. You don't want to have just a circle of friends that are cops. It ends up that way a lot. Because people think you're a cop and then you're ostracized. I'm at a party and they're doing coke over here and they're thinking, why do we invite Frank? Well, you know what? I'm not going to go in there and, and have a bust everything down, but don't invite me because I'm not going to stand around while I see drugs. Mm -hmm. But uh, for her, you know, I've heard that a lot. And I think support from maybe other rookies and support from your family is really helpful. Um, and if you know any veteran cops, you can talk to them. Um, but you'll do fine just try to maintain a balance between your work and when you're not working. You talk extensively about your family, too, and the importance of that. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it's important that, you know, you have a, a, a family to support you. You know, I, my father had passed away at that time, and he was in World War II, and he was an MP, and everything. but my mother, you know, I'd come home from my shift at 9 in the morning, and she'd say, is anything you want to talk about, you know? Like, I see a kid got killed and I hit in a car, and I just say, if I felt like I needed, don't think it's weakness to talk about it. Come on. Come on. Yeah. It's not. So, yeah. And, well, you were talking a little bit about, you know, happened to, when you were talking about, you know, what was going on with George Floyd and yeah. King and kind of it's disgusting. the whole, they don't respect cops as much. No, no, you, they don't. 
you've mentioned something in your book. It's in chapter six here. It's, it's, it's called community relations. Yeah. That is something that I know that they're trying to focus heavy on mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you wrote this a long time ago. You were definitely forward thinking when you thought about the community Absolutely. relations. Well, Jeff, uh, he went back. He started in Daly City Police, which is near San Francisco. And he got reacquainted with the guy who used to be chief. And he said, you know, your guys' book on community relations, you were light years ahead of your time because all those things you talked about then are now what are standards for it, which is very flattering. Um, but it was common sense. I mean, you want to get to know the neighborhood. You, you want to get to know who's who. Who, Like I used to drive around the freeway clover leaves and go in places nobody would go and see the homeless people and walk out of my car and get to know who's who, what's what. Make myself visible so that... And people back then didn't have this apprehension. I think politicizing cops as beasts and, you know, abusers is, is so wrong because you, I go on my shift to help people. And uh, it's like a story. I don't want to take up too much time. But no, no. By I came down a, a freeway one night at, at 3 in the morning, and I came upon a car on the side having problems. I pull up behind it. Screw the CHP. I don't, you know, I can go on the freeway. And I got out, and there was a family. We couldn't get the car started. I had two or three kids, and I'm thinking something just seemed really strange, and they were kind of afraid to get out of the car. So I took it upon myself. I called in a tow, and I just wanted to get them out of the car. I don't know why. I said, why don't you guys pile in the police car, take you up to the gas station, and drop you off, and you can call. You want to get a ride? I'll have a tow truck driver come out. Exactly 10 minutes later, a drunk driver hit that car and shattered it to pieces. And... I'm thinking to myself, not like I'm, I'm anything great, but if I hadn't come upon and gotten all those people out of the car and got them out of there, if I had left them there and said, well, I'll take the driver in and, you know, put him there, they'd be dead. So police officers a lot of times do things, but you don't think about it. But, like, after that, I was, yeah, I felt really great, but I felt like I was doing what I'm supposed to be doing, yes. my job, and that's to serve and help people. Many people today don't think that a cop is there to help people. If you're a bad guy, they're going to be there to arrest you. Yeah, It's that simple. I always say this exactly. thing. The fish rots from the head first. Yeah. And where do you think the turn against cops happened? And I'm talking from 40, was it 45 or was it 44? When I say 45 or 44, I'm talking about presidency. 45 or 44 in terms 45, of... Trump, 44, Obama. Obama, definitely, because Obama... I even remember recalled had the BLM people and brought them to the White House like they were special. Mm-hmm. And I remember a specific line that he said to them, stay the course. Mm-hmm. All they succeeded in doing was fill people with the idea to resist. If your cop is, you don't think they're being fair. You know, if you're going to shout at the cop and you're going to resist, then you're opening the door. He's can't, he can't just walk away from you. He's got to be able to deal with you. I'm not saying the shooting, some of them are absurd, but most of them are not. And I think Obama changed the complexion of people's attitudes right. when they become involved with police officers. Very true. That's how I think. And I, uh, that's when it went downhill. Yeah. Let's throw a couple more comments out there if we could real quick, guys. Um, this is, uh, my husband wants to know what, uh, what Frank thinks regarding estacated police, uh, Clackamas County Sheriff's Office services, and how we could, uh, how we could better it. Well, when I moved here, it was Sandy Police. I didn't think too much of that. Them, uh, I think Clackamas Sheriffs do a really good job. I know some of them. I like them. Um, they need more of them. You've got to be able to have backup. If they're coming from far away, 
they're not giving the coverage that Estacada needs. Mm -hmm. So if you have a domestic violence call or you have a call that needs two officers and a cover officer, well, if you only have two units here, what happens if you're on a call with both of them and a call breaks out here of a fight, of a robbery, of an assault? Or are they going to come from, uh, what, Carver or Happy Valley? You know, uh, and they've got the masks closed off so they can't come down that way. So what I think Lackamas needs to do and the sheriff needs to do is we're paying for a contract for their services. They need to be able to keep the officers safe and the citizens safe by providing more coverage. That's just my opinion. But as far as the deputies, I think they do a hell of a great job. They seem like veterans. I talk to them, and they seem... And, and I think what they like, Estacada's kind of becoming a, a cop place where a lot of retired cops live. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them said to me, there was a movie a ways back with Sylvester Stallone called Copland. When New York, all the cops lived on the other side of the bridge. Yes. He goes, yeah, he goes, just the kid is becoming like Copland. Come, come, yeah, I'm come, okay with come, that having come, a yeah. come, yeah. yes. They'll meet up sometimes at, was it that church over there off as you're going out, there's uh, a meeting place? The, um, the Baptist church. Yeah, the and big he says, Baptist church. they'll get Multnomah County Sheriff's coming all the way here at night. Yep. And other uh, agencies coming out here just to... And they know that Estacada loves their cops. Well, Barton does it, too. So it's Barton yeah. Church and yeah. the other ones. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that the Clackamas Sheriff's deputies know, Come. and they should know mm -hmm. by now, especially after the ECW and the way that, that we treated them and given them awards. Mm -hmm. These people here don't love them. They don't love them in Portland. Mm -hmm. oh, they yeah. don't love them in a lot of cities. But Come. here, they know that people... I wave, you know, wave to them. Yeah. I see them. Here's my thoughts. Anybody who is going to march up and down the street that says defund the police i think uh, i think you know then they maybe they don't need the police to come to help them but they never know when they will it's like that old saying you never know when you need to pick up that phone and dial 911 exactly and you and don't know what you got until it's gone exactly i've been on calls <laughs> like that song. where i've known these people that hate cops and not calling me on a domestic violence i'm looking at them like yeah i'm still gonna do my job but i know who you who you are well, but now you need me that's the mm -hmm. big thing you just you just hit a, a key point there is mm -hmm. even these people that are out there than saying defund the police or you know all these bad things and you know where they they, they bad mouth law enforcement oh yeah if they if they pick up that phone and they do dial 911 that law enforcement is going to be there for them and that's the thing well i think they should realize that in this day and age with the political situation we don't know what they're going to do to us this is the last line of defense sheriff's departments deputies and cops i mean if you have a problem Gonna, who are you going to call? If there's no police or sheriff's that who are you going to call? State police? Good luck. You know? Um, I, I once spoke to an officer. Uh, um, I won't say who or anything, but they, they told me that uh, a while back, um, Estacada used to be one of those cities where there wasn't as many law enforcement officers needed because if you had a problem, you kind of took care of yourself. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. As, as like Estacada yeah. started growing, there started to be more of the inner city uh, folks started moving yeah, out here. Yeah. And as that happened, the need for law enforcement and the calls started rising. Yeah. And that's because that's how they deal with problems in the inner city. Instead of taking care of themselves, they would they would call law enforcement for everything. So, Well, um, I think it's kind of like what Tony said. When you start seeing graffiti everywhere and you see a crime element moving in, you, you got to cut the head off of that right away. Yep. If you don't have the law enforcement to do it, you're not going to be able to do it. It's going to start getting worse. I was telling Joel last night, I feel more unsafe in this America than oh, I did gosh, yes. a couple years ago. And you know, when I was working as a cop, when I'm on a traffic stop or a lot of things you do, my attitude was, I'm going to be professional, and I'm going to be 
because this may be the only encounter this person has with a police All officer. Right. So how his relation goes with me on this traffic stop yes. is going to decide what he thinks of cops. All right. So, uh, so there's a couple more comments, and then we're going to go to break. It says, I, um, I wish it was the way it was when it was in the older days. Take them to an alley and give them a different way of thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happened even with cops. Well, I think if more, <laughs> hey, hey, I think if more parents use that little, you know, rod and hey, staff. You know, the whole, the whole wood, <laughs> I think we need to reinstall the woodshed. That's know? what, hey, hey. Um, do you think body camps have changed the industry in a positive way? Ooh. Uh, you know what? I'm not a big fan of body cams, but I can see it from the perspective of a, of a police officer wearing one that it gives them protection to be able to see what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And I can't argue with that. Um, how Whether they've affected police work at all, they don't seem, the people don't seem to be too concerned about it. So when they're out there, like they have dash cams, so when you make a traffic stop, you get to see, I've had people attack me out of the car, and I'm dragging them out of the car trying to get control of them, and it's all on dash cam. So when it goes to court, that's evidence. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think with body cams, it gives the officer more protection uh, than any, anybody else. I think it's beneficial for them. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. That's that, I, it, Even though they try to say they put it in there for the protection of the public, yeah. I think it's actually the other way around. I think it's, it's for it's police. Done, I think it's done more for police. Yeah. 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 So, um, Important, really, really critical, top-notch question here. I think oh, okay. we, we got to get to it. Mm-hmm. If we buy your book on Amazon, will you autograph it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> to me, it's always been an honor to autograph books. Yeah, so um, we didn't have the luxury of having a publisher um, went out of business after they did the book. So so um, are you willing to autograph even this book here, and then we'll allow us to give it away to someone? On the, to do what? Uh, allow us to give it away to someone on the show? Sure. Okay. So awesome. we have a book here. This is this was brought by Frank. That's his book. So that that, that one belongs to him. <laughs> so this book here, uh, we'll have Frank autograph it, and then uh, we'll we'll figure out something to uh, to give it away to somebody on the uh, on the show here. Yeah, yeah. I'd be. I, I'm always feel a privilege to sign a book. It's just uh, it feels great. So you want to be a cop? You want to be a cop? Yep, yep. That's the name of the book. The link is in the uh, descriptions and stuff. We're gonna head to break here, uh, Tony. And then when we get back, we'll continue the conversation here with Frank, and uh, we'll come up with an idea during the break on how we can get someone to, to win a free um, a free autographed book. Nice. But if you just in case you don't get it, please swing out to the Amazon and, and I should buy have brought it a couple, but I, they yeah. don't have any. Just any real more. fast, do you? I'm always thinking about the visually impaired community. Do you have them in large print, or do you have them in? They're uh, on Kindle. Auto book or Kindle? They're, They're on Kindle. Kindle. Yeah. Yep. Actually, Woo! I bought the Kindle book myself. You too, did? So, yeah, I bought it. Well, Kindle. Uh, so. But yeah, um, yes. and uh, so it's definitely different options. And also while you're at it, while you're browsing his book, why don't you take a minute and uh, take a look at some of our uh, sponsors right here on the break. Share, Thanks, like, guys. and subscribe. Thanks.
five yards left, just grass and sweat. Overtime, two minutes left. Defending that win means everything to this town. Each Friday night, it's what we knew. Home field and out of town too. Cheering them almost all that we could. Cause better pull back the crew. But our town stayed and they fought through. Cause leaving that line isn't what we do. We held this ground and saved our little town. Yeah, yeah. Our warriors, their defenders, not afraid to hold the line. Small town fight. That's a small town fight.
Hey guys, welcome back from the break there. Wow, Hope you enjoyed it. Wow. Uh, uh, Trolls I, I, loud. Yeah, it's right into but his ear. It you will know? finally, it'll go down. It'll go down. It'll go down. It down. It comes it's out. called it comes escalation up. of force. Escalation of force. Bring them down. <laughs> welcome back, guys. No, um, so guys, uh, what, uh, what we're going to do, by the way, you've been, I know you guys probably have noticed that we've been playing a lot of Jesse Lee between our commercials there. We're going to have some new videos coming up for the, between the commercials real soon. So, um, but uh, we just wanted to kind of keep giving her that spot. But so. just in case you don't, you might be watching and you know, you don't know who she is. Yep. Um, I hope you're still there. I hope you're still there. You don't know who she is. She is a local artist here in Estacada, but she is quickly becoming a big star. So one of her CDs are available um, on Amazon, on iTunes, Jesse uh, Lee. Go to jessielee.com, I think is the actual jessielee.com. Yeah, if you, if you scroll back, you can actually, I think it's like, what, four or five episodes ago? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can actually see, learn more about her, but the link also to her site is in there as well. And don't forget, and I think, uh, one more thing, share, like, and subscribe, and do not forget to watch um, Campfire Discussions with Brandy tomorrow night. Tomorrow. So. Yeah, Brandy. So we we promised um, we promised something that there would be an autographed book by my man Frank here, um, and we had a lot to, more. Yeah. So and how we're actually going to get it? Don't worry about it. We'll get one. Okay. But make 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 them fight for it. So we we discussed and how what we're going to do uh, to qualify someone to win the free book, um, and to get it, what we're going to do is we're going to ask a question, and the first one to answer the question through comments. Uh, Brandy will be watching. The first one that pops up that's correct will win the book. So, uh, do you want to ask the question? Yeah, how did I say it for? What was the actually first police department that was started in the United States? Yep. First police department. The first started in organized police department. What, what organized police. What city? Yeah, we wanted wanted the 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 city and the um, and the state. Well, city, state, and, and yeah, and the year. year. Uh huh. We don't need the exact date. We just want the city, state, yeah. and year. Not the exact date. This is the year works. No, you, know, no. you get the exact date, whatever. If you do, you're an overachiever. Yeah, overachiever. The point is speed here, so. It's an no. interesting question. Though. And you can't look at Google. Just joking. You oh, no, you're going to have But you can't leave the show to look at Google. How about that? <laughs> so Open up a second browser. Open up it. Oh, there you go. Another tab. <laughs> and now, uh, yeah, we just happen to know this information off the top of our head. We, we, we didn't it. We didn't Google it. We're well, talking. you're a brainiac. You came up so, with it, didn't you? Um, so, Frank, yes. I wanted yeah. to talk a little bit about what's right behind your head. The and flag? I'm not talking about the horny bastard behind me. <laughs> no, or a here. Yeah. So, all right. So, so uh, we're going to look behind you if you don't do you hear that about falling off your chair. Oh. So, um, this is something that's it's kind of important here. I want to talk about it again because I talk about it once in a while so people understand what's behind us. So, first of all, the most important thing on the shelf um, is, well, besides the Constitution, the Bible, and the, everything else, is the Bible. But right. we're going we're gonna to go a different order, though. We got the flag in back, which represents, obviously, our country and our flag and um, and everything that that stands for. I'm going through quick here. Um, so uh, here at the Constitution, uh, right at the Constitution, we actually had a Bible right here. It's, hard, it's a little harder to see, but that's the Bible. And we specifically put it here because it is what the con Constitution was actually founded on, was the uh, was involved God and, and, the, and the Bible and the people that were really um, really had their foundation based in, 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 in God. And so um, what that's representing is uh, it says we the people rest on it. And so we show that they, it's resting on the Bible here. The second part is there's currently right here, there's actually 14 bottles up here, or I like to say 13 plus one. So up here, oh. these bottles here. I loved it. It's okay. Uh, my OCD is it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> thirteen of the bottles um, are actually to represent the uh, the thirteen fallen soldiers that were in Afghanistan, the last thirteen to leave um, or to uh, to die in the country. Um, and then the uh, the fourteenth one, which is this one right here, um, that bottle there is to represent all fallen law enforcement officers. Oh, so, that's that's awesome. Yeah, so that's that's a really great uh, thing. Yeah, I mean, so. a lot of these people, most police officers. You know, have families, you know. Yeah. They, they go to work, they have a wife, they have kids, they have dogs. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. it's just like anybody else, but they have a job that is completely different than anything else. So um, when I was a kid, there was a movie, that I, a, movie that, a couple movies I really enjoyed watching. And, uh-huh. and I was like, man, that, is, that, that right there is the closest thing a person really got to be, right? Yeah. And I got to ask you, um, Police Academy, how close was it really to the... <laughs> That was a joke. <laughs> I can't even. You but, gotta love Mahoney, though. You know what about that's funny though. We had a guy <laughs> at the academy that taught search and seizure law, and he knows how stressed out we are at the academy. When he would come in three days a week, because search and seizure is a lot of stuff, he would put police academy and let us watch it for five or ten minutes to relax us. So it's funny. I like Tackleberry. The guy oh, was Tackleberry! Yeah. He, he was, was so good. Yeah, he was funny. Uh, I like John D. This guy that could do the the the, um, the voices. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He like was really good too. Do karate or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so what about this? Uh, is it closer to Super Troopers? Super Troopers is absurd. Uh, I never even watched it. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe State Police or Troopers would watch that. Right, right. Yeah. You mean you don't? You guys never played the uh, the meow game when you're doing the stops? No. 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 Traffic stops, singularly, are probably the biggest tool and, and uh, contact point you're going to have. You mentioned that earlier. Yes. And I know that in San Francisco, one time they were saying you couldn't stop a car for just a mechanical violation. Right. You don't realize that I've caught rapists and hardened felons because they had brake lights out, but I needed a reason to stop them. Oh, I'd be having people behind me, detectives going, stop them, stop them. i go... Got to do it by the book. Got to do it right because that's the first thing the attorney's going to go for. Probable cause to stop them. Right. Brake light. No headlight out. And, you know, to, they're taking away tools that a police officer needs because criminals drive cars. They hijack cars. So, mm-hmm. anyway, sorry. Well, no, well, yeah, yeah, that's it's, a rant. It's I just said Probable cause. Hey. You need yeah. probable cause. Yes. So. But, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, let's see you have a question queued up. So, oh, no. Go ahead. Oh no! You have, you have the book open and you're pointing to something, so I wasn't sure if you had a question. Well, he was. He, I'm, I'm already prepped. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I just I have more more comments. Yes. Ready for those? If it works. So, oh, by the way, real quick before I get into these, how's these chairs feeling? They're pretty brutal, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I did one of those uh, psychological tests they gave to the police before. It's miles long, and the questions yeah. are redundant and designed to confuse you. I passed, but it's very difficult. Okay, those tests are designed <sighs> to trip you up, and the questions are so ridiculous. I remember taking one Frank, of them. Frank, it's, uh, it's in here. Go okay. ahead, though. Go no, ahead. Go, uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, like, uh, if I'm walking down the street, and I see somebody that's coming toward me, I'll cross the street so that I don't have to walk past them. Or I feel like I'm possessed by evil spirits. Mm-hmm. Well, right no, no normal person. Yep. You know, and then they'll repeat the questions periodically, and it prints out. So if you answer it differently, I have one guy, a psychologist, and they're clowns, say, <laughs> well, so you feel you're possessed by evil spirits. I go, well, not recently. Uh, 
He says, well, I came out here. I said, well, obviously it was a mistake. You know, they didn't ask you about your bowel movements. Some of, <laughs> some of these questions are really like... Someone is trying to poison me. Okay, looking for paranoia. I am constant. <laughs> I'm constipated much of the time. Yes, I looked at this. Okay, wait. Everyone is out to get me. I believe that there is a devil and hell. I like the work of a florist. You're t- I'm taking a test. Going, where am I? What? <laughs> you know. Well, you know that 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 psycho- psychology thing. That's all a big joke. That's right? out of the. That's out of the <laughs> MMPI. So I mean, that's I mean, out of the MMPI, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's, it's a proven test. It, it no, I mean, it, they spit when you have your interview, it spits it out. And yeah. if you have a different answer, they're going to call you out on it. Yes. Well, well, you know, it's a good thing we actually have a psychologist here on our show. So there you let's go. talk more about it. Oh, there's not much to say besides the fact that, you know, how many people, what's the probability? I mean, because I know a lot of cops that really um, find that the psychological test is one of the most difficult ones to take. I didn't because mostly they're. They try to make you uncomfortable to begin with. There uh-huh. was one lot of I walked out of. I've done a few things that nobody else has done, but I was already a cop, and I was yeah. going to do a lateral. So I go to take this test, and there's a mirror there. Well, I know it's a two-way mirror. My appointment's at 9 o'clock, and they leave me sit out there until 10 past 10. I got up and left. That was the way I responded. You know, it's just designed to watch if you're fidgety, to watch this. And then when you talk to the psychologist, yeah. most cops feel... Police, police psychologists yes. are a farce. They do. And I they agree do. 100%. They do. I have a friend who thinks that, and I won't reveal his name. No, I mean, you go in there. I had to go in there a couple times after violent incidences or if you take your gun out and stuff like that. And I'm like, I got nothing to say. You know, they, they and I, I'm going to bring this up because I don't think they use it today. The stress from internal, from the department, sergeants, captains, commanders, it well, used to be huge. They would screw with their own cops. If they didn't like you, they'd make your life miserable. Mm-hmm. And they used a tool called fitness for duty evaluation. Mm-hmm. And the union couldn't fight it, and they could freely send you to the police psychologist for pretty bogus reason. And when that goes in your file and you want to try to go to another department, well, good luck. It stays in there. Yep. That's why we tried to fight it. Yep. And I know I had sergeants I couldn't stand, and jackasses, yeah. and <laughs> lieutenants too. So it's not like one, you'd think cops are one big happy family is not the case. Maybe now more than them. Like I said, there were cops that say, hey, didn't like each other, shift it over, like, well, let's go out in the back and settle it. Well, as a therapist, I've had the privilege of being able to talk with uh, cops and those who are active and those who are inactive, and they say you think that there yeah. is a brotherhood, and there is. There There's is. A blue line, but internal affairs, yeah, um, it's a bear. Oh, man. Especially if, if you know someone's in there that's running internal affairs but also doesn't like you. Yep. When I got out of my field train, I had to go right to graveyard, and I remember when my field train officer would say, finish your in-custody report, this guy would go, here, Sergeant so-and-so, he didn't like me, yeah. and I'm brand new, and I know I got to go to his shift, and I haven't done nothing to him. Yeah. So it was very difficult for me because there were two 30-year veterans, really brutal veterans, knowledgeable, that worked graveyards specifically because they didn't want to deal with the administration. So when I would go out and work, getting to learn my job, I could go to them. If I went to my sergeant, not only wouldn't he help me, he would write it up in an evaluation and use it against me. So a lot of people get promoted within the department, uh, one of our commanders had a, a, a chief had like two years of street experience. So they tend to promote back then the wrong people. 
Because you want, I had a few sergeants that were great, you want a sergeant that's going to back you up and you'll go through a wall for this guy. You know, there are not that many, of, there weren't that many of them when I was a very political. Um, and just, I wasn't really impressed, but, you know, my brother was a cop too. My cousin was an FBI agent. I had another cousin that worked for uh, the FBI. I knew a lot of cops, and they all say the same thing. The biggest stress came from within the department. That's why in the book it talks about what goes on in the department. Yeah. yeah a couple more cops. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, bro. Sure. Uh, a lot of these guys in my car community are officers or law enforcement. It's a way to wind down from that sort of stress. So in what community? Car, car community. A car. I, I, I don't know if that what a car community is. I'm that like where sure. you show cars or like where you um. I think it's like rebuilding cars. Rebuilding cars. Or yeah, something. I mean any any type of hot when you you want to have something you can do mm-hmm. to unwind and get your mind off that job. That's imperative. Um, this one says, I keep hearing more about, more about car break-ins locally. Anything people can do besides lock their doors? Man, I mean, you don't want to get this. valuables in your car. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, what you want to do is they're going to look into a car with their flashlight and look first. So if you can keep your car, nothing visible inside, they're probably going to do better than a lot of people are in a hurry. They'll leave stuff in there. Uh, just keep your car doors locked wherever you go. And at night, when you're parked somewhere in a parking lot and you're leaving, make sure you look in the back seat of your car uh, and just uh, be aware. There's no awareness. All you see is people on phones walking down the street like this, and, and, you know, they'll they'll just take you apart. I don't really understand that. I'm not much in the technology or anything. Yeah, sure. Sure. Says the cyber guy. (laughs) No, I think uh, just keep your car locked and keep your valuables out of it, including the uh, glove box. So, I mean, I, you mean I shouldn't keep all my gold stash in my... In my no, yeah, yeah, or, you know, I mean, you know, maybe your gold coin sets. Yeah. Keep it right out in the open. Keep all my guns and ammunition. Your guns, you all know, on the seat. Don't leave your, your uh, 38, you. yeah. 357. Right, right. What, what, what about my rocket launcher? <laughs> rocket launcher, yeah, I don't know. They, well, they might be too much since, you know, I hear, I hear I'm part of a militia, you know. I oh, oh, yeah, gosh. yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay, uh, see, it says, uh, Frank Pickens, Estacada hero and number one mm-hmm. patriot. God wow. bless you, brother. Thank Wish you. we had a squadron wow. of you to protect our town. I, I, that's a tremendous compliment. Thank you. That's awesome. Right on. Yeah, that's, that's great. Good. That's wonderful. Awesome. Oh my Have goodness. you ever been attacked by criminals that resisted arrest <laughs> during your officer days? All the time. Never. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> they just go willing. If you're a criminal, would you would you attack a guy with those sunglasses and that mustache uh, and that mustache and, that mustache. and a shotgun? And a shotgun. I don't know. I'd be like, man. Seriously. I, I I'll tell you something. So, yes. you know, I, I don't know about today, but you know, back then, when you had to fight. You had to fight for your life sometime. And uh, no, I never really. I, I fought some huge guys, but you get help. That's why you need backup, because you don't want to have to. You don't want to have to shoot somebody. You know, right. uh, I once had a 350 pound Samoan guy had my baton out. There was a huge fight. I hit him. In the leg broken half, sitting <laughs> like this, the guy's did grabbed just, me. Did he just laugh at it? <laughs> no, I mean, it, yeah, a lot, but not like now. I mean, mostly drunk, intoxicated people would, but usually if they see you, they'll size you up, and that's what goes on. That's why female officers used to have problems, mm-hmm. you know. And so, with me, no, I, di- I didn't actually have a lot of problems because. People usually wouldn't fuck with me. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're, no, you're not. <laughs> no, it's, it, you can cuss on the show. No, oh, you talk about okay, female yeah. officers in your book. 
uh, and about the differences, how they process. Um, uh, when you were a cop, there weren't a lot of females in the department, no. correct? No. They were uh, kind of a lot of people didn't want them there. There was hardly any female sergeants or captains. And I remember specifically they'd have attitudes that while they're working, that they would even be treated differently. And I remember one female stopped a guy, and I was looking in the back, and two guys just left her alone, and I'm like... And I stayed there, and I saw stuff she didn't see mm -hmm. and helped her. And the idea is to help. It's not to, you know, make somebody's job harder. You're all That's where you said. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that might not like each other, but when you're out there doing that job, you are brotherhood. You're a brotherhood. I don't care if you don't like somebody or not. You, you know, get you, over it. You, when you're on the field, <laughs> yep. you're a brother, and you better, if you don't, they're going to size you up. I wonder how close that is to like when you're uh, you're in war and you're you know over there. The, you leave Probably a lot, similar. You, yeah, you check a lot of your uh, you know you check a lot of your problems at the door. And they say there you know there ain't no atheist in a foxhole. So that's it. You change change a lot of that in there. But um, so yeah. another one we've got on here says um, uh, the best guest you've had yet. Loved brother Frank. Thank you. So. Wow, man, that's awesome. Man. I lots of love here, man. Wow, wow that's um, awesome. I had, I had both mine and my daughter's cars broken into this afternoon slash evening by the same woman. And the daylight, same parking lot in the center of Estacada within 45 minutes of each other. You know, I'm really curious about today. Um, when I was on Graveyard, calls would start coming in when people would go to work and find their cars had been broken into. Mm. To try and be a good public relations, I know a lot of those are gone. I'd take fingerprints. I'd let them know that I'm going to try. I'm not just going to go out now. Sometimes I'm wondering, do they even respond? I you probably, you, probably, like you probably do a call on the phone. Or yeah, I, I mean, it, did, it didn't used to be that way. I mean, I they mean, probably respond to a car break in, but I mean, you got to imagine it's they're so understaffed, so they probably do as many things as, yeah, as they can. And I think they recently released something, it was either Multnomah County or Clackamas or something, that there's certain, certain calls they're not going to respond to. Maybe where those cars are broken into, if there's a store there, a business there, they should put a sign in the parking lot, you know, lock your car doors or something to let yeah. people know that when they're in this place of business, their cars are being broken into. Well, in small towns like our community, which is growing, but we tend to not uh, feel yeah. like we have to. So yeah, lock our doors even, you know? If, yeah, just locking your doors at night. Because uh, yeah. a lot of times they look for open car doors to open yeah. up. <laughs> this next one... Next one's kind of laughing. Is yes. there anything we can do when we catch someone in our cars? Beat them senseless? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? Um, you heard it here, folks. Yeah. No, 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 I'll tell you no, what. Don't no, comment, by the way. Not a, not a recommendation. Oh! <laughs> I think, hey, wait. What you do first before you beat them senseless is this. Then you yeah. <laughs> what, what did you do? Pray for them? Oh, no. I, I, I looked over both shoulders. Look over. <laughs> well, you know what? I will tell you that uh, a resisting victim is not as appealing to somebody that's just, don't want to hurt me, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, you know what I'm saying? You can't, I'm not saying you should get yourself killed, but if somebody's in your car or somebody's in an area and they're, they're going to, you have to do what you have to do, you have every right to do that, it's your property. I, okay, so, this, so, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Mind. No, by all means, by all means. Here's a question. Um, we have people who are not able-bodied. Um, right. We have people sure. in wheelchairs, we have people in crutches, oh, yeah, we have people with canes. How in the world do that population protect themselves? We know how women protect themselves. We know how, you know, but how do? How would you recommend that 
that population. Well, I know uh, I got my wife a, uh, a stun gun, and it has also a siren on it. Um, a f- you can wear stuff around your neck like whistles. Mm-hmm. Um, at night, you can carry like little flashlights on your keychain mm-hmm. that you can also use to beat them. I mean, you know, yeah. flashlight. Mm-hmm. And um, your cane is a good one, too. And cane, yeah. Everybody so, cane. and having a phone, obviously, where if you can call. Yeah. But um, having something that can create a loud noise is always a great thing. Draw attention. Even yeah. even one of those big boat air horns is not only about that big, and you press it, and it'll blow you away. True. I know people that carry those. I wanted to give this, a, a back to that original comment, I wanted to give it just a couple sure. uh, uh, options for them to consider. If you see someone in your car, first of all, um, if you can, uh, and you are able to call law enforcement, let them know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the first thing, because you... Because if you if there is going to be some sort of confrontation, you want law enforcement there to to help you. If you have a group around you or something like that where you can have more than one person, definitely make sure you have them. Mm. But sometimes just yelling at them from That's a distance, true. give yourself a chance not to be. If you're going to walk up somebody and start to confront them, if they have a weapon or something, you're going to get yourself hurt. That's true. So, I mean, I would say in this day and age, if you see someone in your car, to do what Joel said and approach them, say, "Hey, get out of my car," you know. Maybe it would be better to, if you have a phone, most people have it, is to dial 911 and not engage it. Yeah. You know, because also then you get in lawsuits and... Well, yeah, you know, sometimes I like think it's, I would, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't just yelling, bringing attention to them? Yeah, well, it shocks so them. They, mm-hmm. they, they don't want to be seen. They don't want people's attention at them, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So yelling at them, the, uh, bringing that attention to them so other people will see them. Would be would that be safer than approaching them? You think? Or I I think yeah. You don't want to approach. You don't want to yeah. approach them because if you shock somebody, it may shock them into doing something. Well, I'm more worried that these days people have, could have knives and sure. they could have, they could have a gun on them. They could have a weapon themselves. And last thing I don't want to hear about is someone has approached somebody and was killed for over property. Yeah, and yes. and you know if you do yes. get into a conflict, especially females, you know can a mace. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean that's you know that's awesome. great. Uh, the whistle is a great thing. If you have a stun gun with a little alarm beeper, and I got one from my wife. There's a place in Carver that sells that stuff. Uh, I actually gave my uh, my wife uh, a taser that can actually shoot. Oh really? Uh, yeah, like 18, 20 feet or something like that. So you know what's funny? There's still pepper spray too. Yeah, pepper spray. They, they the ta- we didn't have the tasers. The sergeants did, and they kept them in their trunk. <laughs> we always used to joke, "What good is that?" Half the sergeants. Never even could leave the department. Right. We had some bad ones. We used to call one of them. He's in there, Sergeant No Legs. <laughs> right. Sergeant No Legs. We didn't know he had legs because he never. He didn't have a, He didn't have legs. No, he had legs, but we didn't know it because he never got out of his car. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, simply that. Oh my word. Uh, yeah, we so, you never saw that. So they called him No Legs. Someone yes. made recommendations. You know, it says, uh, "Yell, no, don't hurt me before you shoot. Yeah, before I mean, you that, shot their ass." I'd say, I'd more yell, like, "Drop the weapon." <laughs> drop your weapon. Yeah. You could say, hey, I'm calling the police. I'm on them with the police right now. Hold the phone up. Right. They see that. They're probably going to take off. Yeah. I think, anything, you need, I think any sort of, even, even any sort of things. Uh, the, the biggest thing, I think, is make sure you have an escape route to yourself, though, so you can get away. Yeah, you always want to be Protect able to yourself. have that. It's yeah. property. It's a piece of property. Yeah, I mean, people today, I mean, this is crazy, you know? And I think, going back to the Obama thing with police, mm-hmm. they've made people feel uh, empowered to... Not just with cops, but to take liberties with people. <sighs> you know, they, You're you can, so right on there. they can take liberties with people and bully people. And you know what? Yes. Yes. That and made, and make people victims. Yes. And that's the thing that... They, there are victims uh, and there, there are victims. I used, <laughs> yeah. There are... Uh, nothing worse than a bully. 
You give me a bully, and I, he will no longer be a bully. I, yes. I, I, with bullies, I have a, I have a really big thing about bullies, and I, yeah, I don't like too. them. And um, I think when if you have the capability, um, when there's a bully, I think it's your your if you have the capability, it's almost your duty to stand up and to to uh, stand up against that bully because bullies are bullies because people don't stand up to them. You bloody their nose. You bloody their nose one time. Yep, and in a, in a school, you know, you learned if, if you knock the biggest bully down, all the other bullies tend to leave you alone. Yeah. So they want to bully people that are going to just cower before them. They use fear. 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 fear is and if, fear even is if a guy's six four and you're down here at five eleven, but you're standing up to him, there yeah, you go. it makes a big difference. Then they'll actually start feeling like. Well, what is this making me look like? One yeah. of our comments just came in. It says, bullies are cowards. So. They are cowards. They are cowards. Yes, they are. Uh, Walgreens closed their stores in San Francisco due to all the thefts. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And uh, Ocasio-Cortez was the one that said it was kind of an all-contrived um, deal out there that it was... Things weren't really happening as bad as they were. You know, anything that comes out of her mouth makes my skin crawl. <laughs> you know, the, oh man, she's so stupid. I oh. mean, you know, who elects these people? Oh, come on. Yeah, Do you not I, know? <laughs> yes, I don't, I don't let me give you an education. Okay, wait, <laughs> as dumb as she is, I'm kind of curious about who elected her, but I'm not going to go there. Yeah. But the, um, the, who says when they're being called out on something, Says the Republicans are mad at me because they want to date me. Are you? I heard that's that. That's the dumbest wait, wait, thing I've ever what? heard. Yeah, you she heard said she that. said that? She, she got Who that? said that? Oh, Ocasio oh, Cortez? Yeah, she. Yeah, she it she, doesn't surprise me. Actually. AOC said. Consider the she, she, she went down to. to uh, Miami. Miami. Uh-huh. And with she was no caught mask. in Miami vacationing um, with no mask on. And then she got called out about it online. And her response was, oh, all the Republicans are mad just because they don't want to date me and yeah. I won't date them or something like that. Can I I'm tell you something? Things. Nothing against Gen Zs, but that is a, so much of a Gen, Gen Z. <laughs> you mad, you mad, you mad because you really want to date but then, That's but, why. But then they go after the governor, Ron DeSantis, but then they go to his state. Yeah, and, and I guess Ron DeSantis so, want to date her too. Yeah, I mean, Ron DeSantis. Uh, uh, Ron DeSantis doesn't want to have anything to do with her. They keep going down to, this, the, yes. down to their state. I mean, uh, it wasn't it. Stay uh, out of Florida. Wasn't it Pelosi that just bought a $25 million mansion in, yes. in, in Florida? Man, if, if, if Florida is such a bad thing and the, the government is so bad and oh my God, it's so but dangerous she, and people are dying everywhere down there, bro, why are they all rushing down bro, to Florida? She's a walking contradiction anyway. Remember her oh, big refrigerator oh, and the. Oh, remember you know, the, the beauty salon? The beauty too? salon. She's she like, wear a mask. Well, she didn't have a mask. Right. She's a big N- Newsom the same way. Newsom. Yep. Oh, clowns. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. give me a start there. Um, Antifa uses fear. Yeah, they're bullies. Oh, yes. And much, they're definitely coward. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at Maxine Waters telling people oh, to yeah. threaten anyone oh. with a mega hat. If you see them in a restaurant or on the street, tell them not they're not welcome. You see, that's a politician so, that's creating violent situations. Yes, i got to tell you that. Speaking of Maxine that, Waters Candace Owens, you know Candace Owens. I love Candace Owens. Candace Owens was uh, at, a, at a restaurant. She was accosted by Antifa. Yeah. You remember that? Yes. And uh, she ended up coming out, going out, and she basically drew reference to Maxine Waters. If yeah. You're, you're going to get this when she tells you, go out there and make sure people well, how, don't get to have a quiet dinner. How often do you hear them say, that, let's burn this burn this down? Let's burn, burn this America down. down. Let's burn it you down. You know, they can yeah. say that, but oh, you know what? If a, if a Republican or somebody says Ooh, something, 
click. It's the double standard and hypocrisy. Oh, it's absolutely. Extremely hypocritic. Uh, uh, hip- hypocritical. Hypocritical, uh, thank you. Yes. No. Um, you know, and it's a lot of it's cowardice. Yeah. Um, isn't it a isn't a uh, isn't it a law? You have to meet force with equal force to defend yourself, not fist or criminal or to guns or home or owner. No, not exactly. Because um, when I took uh, a well, I took my test to get my uh, concealed weapons permit. Mm-hmm. It, we talked about force, and one of the things, and they're even talking about with you during uh, when we went uh, shooting. Yeah. Them. And it's it's situational based. For example, um, if a if a 300-pound big old boy is coming at a young, uh, small w- woman who can't, who is yeah. much less you physically, know, yeah, smaller, and yeah. she shoots him and kills him, she has a solid defense to stand on because she has she's a fear a, for her life. Yeah, and she's obviously not going to be able to beat the guy, so she has a fear for her life. That's that's unequal force, but at the same time, it's you're looking at it as a situational reaction. So. Wait a minute. Well, you told that story was a good, legitimate story, but you said that's the same thing with me. Are you calling me a woman? Well, oh, sometimes. <laughs> you know, I didn't say it. You did. No, no, but, no, but it, it, there no, is something the to is, that, though. Yeah, yeah, because you, you, have, you have a disability, so your vision's not near as well, especially if it gets, like, dark out or something like that. Yeah. Harder for you to see. Light out, so, too. So, but, yeah. If, you, if you're more likely to have something happen where you had an attacker or a threat come at you and you end up defending yourself and say you kill somebody... Um, and even if they're the same size as you, you know they were unarmed. You have a just defense for that because you have a disability that that gives you that 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 leverage and that leadway. Now, just so y'all know, though, with that, yeah, right. And I was actually really surprised when he told me this. Yeah. I don't choose to carry it because I'm not ready to shoot someone I don't mean to shoot either. So exactly. you got to be ready to do it exactly. if you're going to have it. And that's one of the things about being a cop that you need to be able to do. Mm-hmm. That's and another tip: if you want to be a cop. May take you a while, but be prepared to see a lot of dead people. Oh, that, I mean, enough of those in my life. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, and it's uh-huh. it's not you know I get calls, people not showing up for their doctor appointment, mm-hmm. going around the house. Uh, I've seen homicide. You know, it's just you're gonna see it, and you got to be able to deal with it. So I got to ask you. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, I have issues that for my PTSD issues. Um, yeah. Smells do they get to you sometimes? Well, the trick a lot of us had is we have a little Ben Gay in, well, on the car. Yeah, we actually yeah. use Vicks. Then, so. um, the smell, wow. now. I mean, we had some drowning floaters. They're the worst uh, smelling ones. Well, but yeah, I've seen. Let's talk about like today, these days. Oh. If you, if you smell something, can you not? Is there a smell that you can't handle? Because it's. No, no, I, I don't. I mean, I like have some issues hair. like. Burn your, I can't do burning hair. Burning hair. Um, yeah. Not really. I mean, I have a lot of anxiety from those days that I de- I've learned to deal with, because it's cumulative. Well, you 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 like to have your vision shut down and your back to the door, right? Well, my <laughs> wife. I mean, when we go to restaurants, she'd stand there because she knew I was going to look around. She goes, "Where are we going to sit? Back to the wall. See the front door. It's just ingrained into you." Because I've been in restaurants and I've seen people come in and hold them up, and they don't see you, but you can see them. And if you're off-duty, you're carrying your off-duty weapon, and you're required to use that. You're a cop 24 hours a day. You're a cop 24 hours so a day. So I always have learned that that's just the way I am. Can I point that out again? Yeah. Law enforcement is, it's they're never off-duty. Yeah. No. They're, they're off-duty, but they're never off-duty. True. And also, and so that is a um, that is a mode and a stress that you have to carry with them on a yes. system basis. Yeah, because I've seen an officer tell a story where, he went by an accident scene, and someone saw him, called the department, and he got in trouble because he didn't stop and render aid or 
stop and see what was going on. And uh, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's... You said something. You said it's cumulative. What yeah. do you mean by that? Well, because, you know, every every day you go to work or every night you go to work and you see what you see. And every night, like for me, being stuck on graveyard, mm-hmm. it was drunks, 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 bar checks, bar fights. Mm-hmm. So I became, speaking of the smells, I've never drank in my life. I don't drink, never have. But being around drunks, I hate drunks. Mm-hmm. Um, the smell of alcohol is bugs the hell out of me when someone's uh, had too much of it because it reminds me of dealing with drunk people mm-hmm. and going to bar fights and the oh, smell just reminded me, yeah. yeah I just you know because you deal with drunks and it's is on domestic violence you know you mentioned domestic violence yeah. a couple times isn't that one of the most dangerous calls you can go yeah on? and they're very you have to be really strategic and you have to be you have to be tactical and I, I don't know about today I don't know I taught at the academy certain classes, but I don't know what they're teaching today, because some of the incidences and shooting incidents and stuff that's gone on, it makes me wonder a little bit, but I'm not judging, I wasn't there, but the last thing an officer wants to do is shoot somebody when they go to work, and then you hear all these people going, ah, cops are going to beat you and kill you, no, they don't, don't. the last thing they want to do, and they'll do everything to handle something Without having to do it, de-escalation, de-escalate. De-escalation. That's what you try to do. We have a, we had a 17-year cop on before, and he said he very rarely, if any, had to discharge his weapon. Yeah, so I mean, he goes through every other step before he gets to that. Only maybe like on alarms and building searches, you have it out. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of, I've had traffic stops that are absolutely crazy. I had a guy, uh, he had race, racial problems. He was a big black dude. Mm-hmm. I stopped him. He, people would jump out of their car, try to intimidate. He walked toward me, and I'm just standing there waiting for him. And I'm going to let him spiel out. But I had a dog in the back, mm-hmm. so I wasn't too concerned. But then I called for a cover unit. Turns out he was a prison guard up at. Uh, so you know what I did afterward? I let him go, and I said, you know, you got a bad attitude, and you think that you're going to intimidate people. I didn't write him for expired registration. But I said, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But you're going to run into police officers who will not. And then when I got back to the station, I had called the prison, the state prison, to let him know, told him what he was doing. Because All he's right. still considered law enforcement. That's no way to behave. Yes. So when you stop, it's true, when you stop a cop, you're not usually going to give him a ticket unless he becomes an asshole. After he's drunk, I've stopped the mayor's wife and called the sergeant. Not our mayors, just not so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just want to clear that one yeah. up for people. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I said, well, yeah. I got to call the sergeant because uh-huh. it's going to come down on him. And he goes, no, call her a cab. I would have just, she was drunk. Uh-huh. They're drunk in public too. So, you know, you gotta, you just got to be, use common sense. And I just think today there's just a lot of lack of common sense everywhere. Yeah, I can Not agree so with common. that one. Yeah. I can agree with that one. Yeah. Uh, a couple more comments, but uh, I want to ask our producer, did anyone turn in a, a result for a... Uh, for yes, um, okay. they did, but then there was another, uh, another answer that a bunch of people had that was before that, but one of those people was researching their research. Okay, so uh, um, our research, apparently there was another answer that was possibly before our, our research, so we're going to... I think we're going to validate. Now, this we, we asked for the first organized law enforcement, so we'll see what that says. Um, organized police department, sorry. And don't forget, I'll sign that. Yeah, he will sign it. We'll have to sign it afterward. But uh, we'll do a research, and we'll figure out who the, who that's going to be, and then we'll make an announcement on the website. Uh, I mean, on the Facebook page. Um, so a couple more things. Uh, 
Who elects him? Portland's last choice for mayor uh, was Wheeler or a lady that wears a skirt. Well, the lady was Chairman crazy. Allen. Oh. Um, I went to jail for menacing and pointing a firearm, firearm at a, another for defending my home, this one says. Yeah, that's really tricky, and it's really screwed, even in a shooting. If someone's not in your home... That's a hard call. ...and you shoot them, I mean, that's a very tough, but they're that's, a hard line on that. Yeah, it is. I mean, they can do a lot of stuff at your door and force their way in, and you may never be able to use your gun, they'll kill you. Yeah. But, I mean, that's really hardcore, man. I mean... Okay, so we are pro-Second Amendment, and everybody has a gun. Everybody has a gun. Yeah. How do you, as a former law enforcement, recommend that we use it to help um, in situations where uh, we don't have law enforcement or they're not able to get there or when they're there. What are we supposed to do? You mean if you're open carrying or you have a concealed If gun? you have it concealed or... Yeah, well, I mean, I think that you have to be comfortable in using it. So if you're at a robbery, mm -hmm. you don't... You can use it and pull it and use it if you must if someone's shooting people mm -hmm. and you have cover. Cover and concealment. Cover, cover, cover. But I, I think it's an used, especially, you know, when you're carrying it, if you can carry it. I think we can here. Yeah, you can right open home. carry in the state of Oregon. Mm -hmm. In Portland, they have more rules. If you're open carrying, you can but, have, uh, uh, you know, bullets in and stuff. You so. know, but as a concealed weapon, they don't know you have it. But if you're in a situation like these mass shootings or theater shootings, you got to be prepared if you pull your weapon out that you're going to be able to use it, if you should, to save lives. And, and how would a cop identify who's who? Well, if somebody, you'd have to see if somebody's actively a shooter, uh -huh. you know, like high schools, you know, or school shooters. Yeah, don't reveal anything that you guys use because I don't I want to. I won't, but I mean, you, but, you yeah. identify mm -hmm. who the shooter is if you can, okay. who the one who was holding the other, a gun uh -huh. or pointing it at other people. Okay. That's your shooter. Um, so you identify the shooter is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And then you deal with the shooter. And if you. If, he's, if you see people that have already been shot or mayhem's occurring, if you can take out the shooter, you take him out. Mm -hmm. Don't think twice. Shoot him in the head, twice to the chest, one to the head. Now, it's unfortunate if you, uh, people who don't like guns, a lot of these shootings like in Aurora, Colorado, in a theater. I yes. Remember, I don't know how many people got killed. If somebody Was had a gun. 17? Yeah. If somebody had a gun in there, well, you know, it wouldn't have that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, we are actually at time, um, so I wanted to go ahead and give a, give a chance if you had any final questions for, for Frank um, or anything you want to say. my buddy. It's my buddy, too. I just want to say I recommend this book. Again, well, if you, you you don't have to be a cop, and I think Frank, no. Frank recommended that everyone reads this book. It'll give you an inside look at our cops mm -hmm. uh, and what they have to do to get trained and get out on the streets. And if you see a cop, you guys, especially in Estacada, High five them. Oh, yes. Love, definitely. you know, if you can. Um, they love it. They love it. And just let them know that they're loved. So, yeah. yeah. That's Thank great you for advice. Me. Thank you. That's and, um, tremendous comment. I, I want to get feedback from our audience on something. Please uh, go ahead and give us some feedback and comments on this. Uh, we are considering, um, we're currently in negotiations to possibly bring a third show on um, here in a few months. And I might be considering to have a law enforcement run type of show for We'd be a talk show and have some law enforcement uh, people on it, and that would be the subject of the show. If you guys think that would be an interesting show, please, by all means, let us know. I'd like to get some feedback on it, but we're, we're kind of looking at maybe uh, putting something together for that here in a few months. So, uh, yeah, definitely give us some feedback. And then we have two shows to recommend. Yeah, we have two <laughs> shows to recommend. Yeah. Um, and so, and uh, there's a last question here, and um, 
It says, in, in Oregon, if somebody is breaking into my house, can I legally shoot them? That is a very loaded question, and that is, I don't think we can answer that here on this show. No. Um, I recommend um, that you actually, I recommend everybody really try to take Find some, a safe room. Yeah, well, what I yeah. recommend actually is everybody to take, if you get a chance, take a um, escalation of force type of, uh, type That's of class. Good. That's I good. mean, just so you understand what your what your actual rights are in your home and as a person, what you can and can't do as yeah. to defend yourself and your standard ground laws and all those type of things. You can get a course like that. They're like 30, 40 bucks. It's usually what you take in order to get a firearm safety and to get your concealed weapons. It's the same course pretty much. They teach you the same thing. So I recommend getting one of those so you can let someone who's experience at training training and answering those questions to give you the full spiel on it because it's not an easy answer question and keep so. flashlights around your house in different rooms absolutely oh definitely we'll always definitely. have flashlights good so yes good. definitely um okay guys well we really appreciate you joining us uh for tonight and uh you know make sure you get a chance to like subscribe share we do have a youtube please swing over there and go ahead and to uh, maybe hit the notification bell go ahead and like it over there if you can um we have a lot more videos check out our website at uh, backwardsbrothers.com we, uh, we are just around the corner from releasing our brand new merch line. You may have noticed I took all the products off of our shop because we're about to release a whole bunch of new ones for the uh, Pissed Off Patriot line, some gen uh, more generalized uh, stuff with our logos. Um, and, uh, yeah, so those are coming through. We're also working on some new stuff, too, around the corner that you guys might really think is kind of cool, um, such as a chance to maybe uh, subscribe and find some... Uh, get some of our kind of backstage uh, videos and bloopers and all those other fun things. So thanks again for joining us. Uh, any last words, guys? Well, thanks for having me. I yeah. had a really great time. You guys are great. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. We'll have to have you on in the future. Uh, it's Absolutely. been great. Thank so. you. Thanks, guys. And again, uh, we'll see you next week, 7 p.m. right here. Oh, and watch tomorrow, 7 p.m. too. Brandy. Yes. Brandy. Brandy. Right, Brandy, and Brandy. The big cheese. Yeah, campfire discussions with Brandy. Okay, we'll see you next time, guys.